It's the first Friday of the month of June and you already know the drill. It's time for our series, Meet the CEO. Today's CEO takes us to Nigeria, Rwanda and Zambia with his mission to create sustainable food production and increased incomes for farmers across Africa. Meet Olawale Rotimi Opeemi, the CEO of JR Farms. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. JR Farms is a leading agribusiness in Africa determined to transform agriculture in Africa with a focus on food processing, agro-commodity trading, and agro-consultancy. Today, we talk to the CEO and founder who expounds on their growth journey and his call for young Africans to invest in the continent. Who is Olawale Rotimi Opemi? So, uh, Olawale Rotimi is... Uh the leading young agric entrepreneur in, in Africa, uh, uh, also an international speaker, who's uh, appeared on uh, global platforms uh, like the African Development Bank, Harvard, MIT, uh, International Labor Organization, FAO, among others. Uh, currently, I'm the founder and the CEO of JR Farms. JR Farms work in currently, we are registered in uh, six countries uh, Nigeria, Rwanda, the Netherlands, uh, Zambia, the United States, and India. Uh, but we are currently operational in uh, four countries, uh, which are Zambia, Nigeria, Rwanda, and uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, we, our focus is. Uh, yeah, basically, we have uh, five goals, which we call the five cardinal goals of GR Farms. Uh, first is to end food insecurity in Africa, to uh, provide decent jobs for youth and women, to end hunger in Africa, uh, to add value to African agro commodities, and to raise the next generation of agrarian leaders. So these are our cardinal goals and which our operations are built on. Uh, in Nigeria, we have uh, two factories uh, which are focused on cassava value chain. Uh, in Rwanda, we work in the coffee value chain. We roast, uh, package, and export coffee uh, to different countries, including Nigeria. And uh, on the line of the coffee value chain, we have uh, we have currently uh, coffee shops uh, across Lagos servicing uh, corporates. And in Zambia, we have uh, a livestock factory in Zambia, which is uh, coming up also, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's like an overview of uh, who I am and what I do. What drives and inspires you? When, when I've traveled a couple of African countries, uh, and all I see is opportunities, you know. There, there are a lot of problems, uh, which I call opportunities. So uh, I would say my primary inspiration is the fact that we have a continent to build. Uh, today, we see that there are a lot of young people, uh, there are a lot of women who are unemployed, yet Africa is potentially wealthy. Uh, of course, these potentials uh, yeah, would not become anything except they are nest. So for me, what my biggest inspiration is the fact that we have a continent to build, and we have the resources to build it within the continent. So. Uh, I'm just one of those young people who's volunteering their life to build a continent using agribusiness. And I'm really happy. Like I say a lot to uh, factory workers, uh, when I look at the women, the farmers who supply us, and I see the fact that they're able to draw a livelihood from what we do, it's really inspiring to me. So, yeah, I think my biggest inspiration is the fact that 
Yeah, we have a continent to build and people are able to try living from what we do. Even when I feel like quitting and I realize that we have people employed in our system, we have people who draw a source of living from what we do, I'm really, really happy and I'm really inspired to keep going to do more and build assistance. What informed the setup of JR Farms? One of the first notes that... Uh, I grew up in an agrarian society in Nigeria, so I grew up. I grew up uh, loving agriculture. So, uh, and growing up as a child in the high school, we spent our holiday with our uncle at the cassava factory. So, we have always, you know, gone to this factory as a young chap, myself and my siblings, uh, during holiday to work. So, uh, the background was there. The love for agriculture was there. Uh, I only had a plan that when I uh, graduate from school and make a lot of money, then I'll come back to agriculture. But it started a harder way. So, yeah. So for me, it's always been a passion from, from childhood to do this. Uh, and then, yeah, after, after university, uh, I saw the need to start up. And I started off by writing articles in the news about agriculture, how agriculture created jobs for Africa and done a lot of things for Africa. And it was really getting a lot of tractions and it was inspiring me. So, yeah, that was how it started gradually to the point that we formed uh, GR Farms and, uh, yeah, and to the point where we are now as a company. Your first expansion stop was Rwanda and you delved into coffee. What informed this move? Yeah, so like I said, if you look at our cardinal goals, they are Pan-African goals. So we have a Pan-African goal uh, to really develop Africa, create jobs through agribusiness. Uh, we always had this mindset from the beginning of GR Farms to go around the continent to do agribusiness, to create jobs in different countries. And that, that's actually motivation that brought us to Rwanda and also find a way to integrate what we're doing in Rwanda to Nigeria. So we are actually integrating the continent. For example, the machines we have in our factory in Zambia, they were all built in Nigeria. You see what I'm saying? This is strong integration. We, we built all the machines in Nigeria and exported to, to, to Zambia to operate in the factory. Uh, for example, we have clients in Zambia who are asking for cassava flour we could produce in Nigeria. So this is a kind of integration we are, we, are, we are creating in Africa, where African countries can trade with one another, where African countries can relate with one another and do businesses with one another. For example, if you export your coffee from Rwanda to Europe, or to America, you are going to sell lesser because uh, there are a lot of coffee in that market. You, you see what I'm saying? And it costs you more to ship your coffee to the U.S. or to America. Uh, sorry, to, to Europe. But if you ship your coffee from Rwanda to, to Ghana or to, to Nigeria, you get better value for this coffee. And, of course, you, you spend lesser to, to logistics-wise, you know. So this is the kind of synergy uh, we are trying to create, and this is what is really motivating us to, to integrate the, the continent uh, through trade and agribusiness development. And it's coming up well. Uh, for example, now we in Nigeria were the single largest, uh, sorry, single cluster supplier for, for Marriott, uh, for the entire Marriott Hotel in Nigeria, which is, uh, which is a collection of 12 properties under Marriott, you know, to supply them coffee. And this we've been doing over, over time and things are growing. We have currently nine coffee shops, uh, growing them now, opening two more to become 11. Yeah, so we're really growing the sector and, yeah, creating jobs for young people, adding value, improving income and livelihood of farmers also. What is the Zambia expansion story? Zambia is actually cassava also. Uh, so in Zambia, Zambia is faced with a lot of climate, climate issues. 
Uh, rainfall is is minimal. Uh, at some points, parts of the country experience drought. So uh, uh, we uh, actually invest in the cassava value chain in Zambia uh, to use cassava as livestock feed. Uh, at the moment, our factory is up in Kilanga in Lusaka province of Zambia. And we are working with farmers across uh, Luapula in the northern part of Zambia, uh, cassava farmers to uptake cassava peel. Mind you, these cassava peels were wasted by farmers before. So mm-hmm. right now, GR Farms is uptaking these peels from the farmers which means we are having uh, income, you know, creating income for these farmers for what used to be a waste. And more also, we are not only having income, but we are also reducing uh, or eliminating environmental uh, degradation issues that coming from uh, throwing away cassava waste all over the place. Yeah. So uh, this is the, the, what we're used to create, the, 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 uh, yeah, the African story or experience in Zambia. At the moment, also we have piloted our hard grass scheme, cassava hard grass scheme in Zambia, uh, currently with over 350 hectares. And also glad to inform you uh, that uh, at the moment uh, we are uh, discussing with uh, the Food and Agriculture Organization of the UN in, in uh, Zambia. Uh, I was in a meeting with uh, the country representative a couple of days ago. And uh, we are working together to see how we can develop an outgrowth scheme uh, for young people who are going to grow cassava and GR farms will offtake it for our industrial use. Yeah. So this is generally what we are building in Zambia. Of course, we are also doing some coffee activities in Zambia. Our coffee is on shelf in Zambia. And uh, we are also looking at some corporates we can serve with coffee, you know, deploy machines to them and sell coffee to them. Yeah, so this is what we're building in Zambia. And the project in Zambia is also focused on the entire region of SADC. So, for example, we have distributors as far as Botswana. We have a distributor in DRC. So we are building this network to see how we can, you know, integrate the continent with trade, uh, agribusiness development also. How do you ensure that the opportunities you take marry sustainable food production and increase income for farmers? We are big on sustainability as, as, as a company. And uh, more also, uh, our focus around sustainability is, is creating more like a mutual benefit system for all stakeholders, uh, which, which we also call the sustainable business model. So in our, in our model, uh, we ensure that all stakeholders involved in the value chain of our production are, are equally taken care of. Uh, I've given an example of what we're doing in Zambia with the farmers. You know, this is a, uh, the cassava peel was initially a waste. So uh, we are training the farmers uh, on how to manage the cassava peels, and we are buying from them at a very good price. More also, for example, our hard grass scheme, which we have set up, uh, and the one we're going to be upgrading together with FAO, these farmers will sign a contract with them. After we train them, we also give them inputs and out of uh, inputs to farm. And then we also buy the cassava peels. We sign a contract with them to buy the cassava from them. You know, so th- these are practical ways we ensure sustainability and we ensure that farmers uh, uh, get uh, income. So we invest a lot in training the farmers. Uh, we invest a lot in their capacity. We invest a lot in buying from them at fair rates so that uh, we, can, we can keep them in business uh, while they also keep us in business. And then they are able to improve their living standard, their livelihood, send their children to school uh, while why we are also uh, doing business. Uh, for example, some of these communities, uh, we have drilled boreholes, we put water system there. Some of them give them some support in the areas of healthcare uh, for their families, etc. So these are things we do to ensure that all stakeholders, uh, and in this case, farmers are major stakeholders in our own business, 
uh, to ensure that these stakeholders are taken care of and, uh, yeah, sustainability is ensured. There is a big push for agritech on the continent. How is JR Farms pursuing this? We use technology, I would say, in two folds. Uh, we use like the machinery technology, which is the machines we use in the factory. And then, of course, we use the other uh, uh, part of technology, which is like a high tech, core high tech, you know. Yeah, on the core IT side, uh, yeah, we, we, we work with uh, partners, for example, in managing data of farmers, you know. Uh, uh, we work with uh, agritechs uh, who, who help us to harvest data of farmers. For example, in, uh, in Zambia, we are going to be working with AgriGo. AgriGo is a Rwandan company uh, expanding to Zambia that manages data of farmers. So uh, we don't necessarily have like uh, manage our technology, the technological component by ourselves in this case. So we, we outsource it to partners uh, who are able to manage for us. For example, also like the, the tech side of GR farms uh, is largely managed, like our inventory system, for example, as a company is managed by UK, a UK based uh, company. So we work with different IT partners uh, to, to deploy solutions. Uh, on the cyber attack, uh, I think I will leave that to them uh, they, to manage uh, and ensure that uh, our data is secured and our activities are secured on, on, on the technology side. Yeah. So, yeah, basically we partner with high uh, companies to bring in the high component that we need, like the AgriGo solution we're going to be using in Zambia to manage data of our farmers. Uh, with this solution, we're going to get names of farmers, the size of their farms, uh, the location of their farm, we're able to take coordinates. We're also able to send messages to them. They're able to use this app without necessarily having internet. They just use USSD code. They know when to irrigate their farm. They know when to weed their farm, etc. Yeah. So we leave that to the partner uh, to, to manage. Of course, uh, we have our own data management policy to ensure that data is protected. But of course, the technical side of ensuring this, the, the, the security of the data, the security of the technology lies more on our partner, uh, which we're working with. What's the expansion plan for JR Farms? Okay, nice. So uh, JR Farms is, uh, we have a five-year development plan, uh, which uh, was reviewed in 2020, 2021 uh, due to COVID. Uh, so we're running on that plan. Uh, at the moment, we're consolidating our growth uh, in, in the countries where we have. Uh, but over the next uh, five years, we'll be scaling up our factories uh, in Zambia, in uh, Nigeria also. Uh, we'll also be expanding to other countries. At the moment, we're already expanding to Liberia to work on the seed sector in Liberia together with FL. Yeah, so uh, the expansion over the next couple of years will be big. Uh, we're also looking at starting our coffee franchise, a continental coffee franchise, uh, which will also grow quite big. Yeah, so we have these plans laid out over the next uh, couple of years, scaling up our factories uh, to work with more farmers and create more jobs. Uh, also working in new countries like Liberia that we already started to initiate activities and also Kenya. Uh, and uh, yeah, those are, and also build our coffee franchise, which would be like a consolidation of what we've been doing in Nigeria already. And what does the future hold for Olawale, Retimi, or Payami? Yeah, the future holds uh, good things, I believe. Uh, greater things. I know that we're heading bigger. Uh, yeah, I see... I see Olawali creating more jobs through JR farms on the continent uh, in the future, impacting more lives. Uh, of course, creating more wealth on the continent and also inspiring a lot, a lot of young people already. 
uh, I'm, I'm able to reach out and mentor a lot of young people around the continent. Uh, I think around 28 countries now we have young people reaching out. Uh, so yeah, I see that growing in the next couple of uh, years and, uh, and see the future getting brighter to inspire more young people to get involved. Because I, I, like I do tell a lot of young people, I cannot solve Africa's food security issues alone. So we need every hands on deck. We need a lot of people to get involved. Yeah, so I think the future holds something great, I believe. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to a future that I will keep inspiring a lot of young people around the continent uh, to do greater things, even that I'm doing. And finally, why is it so important for young Africans to invest in their continent? So to call on young Africans uh, to, to really... Yeah, to really step up the game uh, in their various levels, to, to join uh, investment on the continent, uh, also to join development of, uh, development of the continent. If you look at the average age of an African farmer, it's between 55 to 60. And what you ask yourself is in the next two decades or in the next one and a half decade, will these guys be able to still produce what we need to eat? You see what I'm saying? More and more of our young people are leaving the villages, they are leaving the rural areas to the city. The cities are overpopulated. There are no jobs in the city. Meanwhile, the jobs are in the villages, on the farms, and people are in the city. So until we young people, with our passion, with our ingenuity, you know, with our strength, with our knowledge, with our exposure, go into farming as a business, you know, then at that time we can create a lot of jobs, we can create wealth, and we can make, we can grow the continent, you know. We see what is happening in Russia. We see what is happening in Ukraine. We see the price of wheat. We see a lot of things happening, disruptions everywhere. Africa looks like the next point for the world. We can see it. Most partnerships are channeling, channeled through Africa now. The, the world is looking for gas in Africa, gas partners in Africa. So the, the world is coming to Africa now to, to get cassava flour, to replace wheat. So Africa needs to be ready, and this can only be pioneered by young people in Africa because we are like the technology guys who can really... Uh, uh, leverage on technology to develop the continent and impact things. Yeah. So I'll just call on a lot of uh, all young people who, are, who may be listening to the podcast uh, to get involved in this journey, you know, of, 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 uh, of empowering Africa through agriculture. Agriculture is viewed largely as an intervention sector, I think, by the, by the previous generation. But agriculture is a business, and we need to take it as a business. With that, then we can create jobs for our people. You can have value, you can improve the livelihood of farmers, and then we can make our economies better. Yeah, I think that's, that's what I would say. That was Olawale Rotini Opeomi, the CEO and founder of JR Farms. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The Bank of Uganda raised its benchmark interest rate by 100 basis points to 7.5% at its May 2022 meeting. It marks the first rate hike since October of 2018 to contain demand pressures against a backdrop of deteriorating economic outlook and uncertainty. Policymakers noted the rapid acceleration in headline inflation to a near five-year high of 6.3% in April, above the target of 5%, saying that risks surrounding the outlook for inflation are tilted to the upside. Consequently, the bank revised higher its 2022 forecast for annual inflation to 7% from 5.2% in April and for core inflation to 6.1% from 4.7%. 
Then inflation is projected to peak in the second quarter of 2023 before gradually declining to stabilize around the mid-term target by mid-2024. At the same time, the adverse global economic developments and higher inflation have diminished the prospects for domestic growth. Economic growth is now projected in the range of 4.5 to 5 percent in 2022, lower than the previous forecast of 5.5 to 6 percent. On a quick look at the market, at the end of today's trading session on the Nairobi Securities Exchange, a total of 21,103,000 shares in 1,214 deals corresponding to a market value of 965 Kenya shillings were traded. Compared with the previous NSE trading day, today's data shows a 31% decline in volume, a 5% improvement in turnover, but... 20% decline in deals. The current market capitalization of the Nairobi Securities Exchange is 2.02 trillion. In the aggregate, 49 NSE listed equities participated in trading, ending with 23 gainers and 16 losers. Nairobi Business Ventures led the gainers with a 9.79% share appreciation on the losing side. Olympia Capital came out last with an end-of-day price depreciation of 8.64%. Equity Group Holdings recorded the highest volume of 9.96 million traded shares. Trading on the secondary bond market on the Nairobi Securities Exchange posted a rise in activity as compared to Monday's trading with bonds valued at 2.79 billion Kenya shillings transacted in 87 deals compared to 1.9 billion Kenya shillings worth of bonds achieved in 98 deals traded at the close of the previous trading session. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at Withadong.